Welcome to CADcast. I'm your host, Nick Sweeney, and I realize that I am a day late on the release of this episode, but there is a good reason for that. I have been watching, as I hope many of you have, 3D Experience World 2022. That actually just wrapped up. We were digital this year, unfortunately. Hopefully next year we'll be back to normal, but there was a lot of really great content that was covered on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and I wanted to make sure I consumed what I could. That way I could get back to you guys and, and share some of my biggest takeaways from the conference. And that's what we're going to do here today. I'm going to give us a a recap, kind of a rundown, mostly from the general sessions and just kind of what I see, what I've observed, and give you guys my thoughts on what all happened over the last week, uh, virtually, I guess. So my number one takeaway is kind of the number one takeaway I've had for the last three years, and that is 3D experience is something we got to get used to it. And you know, a couple of years ago, it definitely felt weird. It was very strange when it became 3D Experience World instead of SolidWorks World. I've been attending SolidWorks World since I was two years old. So it was definitely a big shift for me as far as, hey, this is not SolidWorks World anymore. Now this is 3D Experience World. And what I thought was really interesting is just how much they emphasized 3D Experience. I mean, obviously they were always going to, but I did notice Manish was doing an interview at one point, I think it was on day two of the general session, and he was using 3D Swim for the video conference with the customer or with the interviewee. I don't remember if they were a user or someone else in Dassault. But I noticed, hey, they're using 3D Swim. They're not using Zoom or Teams or whatever other video conferencing software we've all been using for the last year and a half, two years. I thought that that was a really interesting thing, that it was, we're going to use the platform in every way that we possibly can and show you guys what all this is for, which of course, it makes a lot of sense to do it that way because we want to see the possibilities. That's the whole goal of this. The, the tagline of the whole conference was Imagine. Like if you watched the general session, you just saw Imagine uh, as the background of the whole thing. I thought that it was a really great touch was to imagine these possibilities. Imagine you taking advantage of all of these great, great tools that we have out there. I really like that. And I'll get into a little bit more of that here in a little bit. But going along with the 3D experience theme, I thought Makers was something that also made a really big impact on just the overall conference. You know, it wasn't something that I was too familiar with. I know that it's been discussed. I've heard a little bit about Makers, but the growth of that community, I think they said it grew like 10,000 users or no, 1,000 users from 10,000 to 11,000. It grew that in the span of the conference alone, which was really, really cool to hear the growth of Makers. And I think that there's a lot of potential for people to take advantage of this Makers program. Uh, it's just a, a community for people to go online and share. They showed like a catalog of different products and some people designed like lamps and they could then put them in a room and there's like room by me or something like that. And you can do AR to show off your entire room. I thought that was really cool that they're using the 3D experience platform to really power that. And it shows kind of the possibilities of this whole thing. There's a commercial out there. I think it's like Home Depot and they show, yeah, you can see what this looks like in your space before you ever buy it. It's the same idea with the 3D experience platform. So now you can actually take your files and you can design this and then you can put them in your room instead of having to go to the Home Depot and find something off the shelf. Now you can design it. And because 3D printers are so widely used, you could even 3D print a lamp base on your own and see how's that going to look in my space. You could design it if you wanted to. I thought that was a really cool possibility, really cool, a really cool future that they kind of presented as, a pos- as something we could look at. And speaking of the future, I know that a lot of people over the last few years have been a little bit nervous about, hey, what's the future of SolidWorks here? Because we see this shift. We saw it's not SolidWorks World anymore. Now it's 3D Experience World. You know, what does this mean going forward for SolidWorks? Is that still going to be the main CAD tour? Are we going to be shifting off of it? 
couple key points on that. The first one is Giampaolo came on stage on day one and he said that there's now a SolidWorks cloud offering. And I want to say that it's not so much like a SolidWorks cloud. It is the SolidWorks capabilities, but not in SolidWorks. And it's using the 3D experience platform. If you don't look at the offering, it's 3D creator, 3D sculptor, 3D sheet metal creator, 3D structure creator, and manufacturing definition creator, as well as a 3D render. Those tools, you'll notice none of them say SolidWorks. It's not to say that they can't do what SolidWorks does, but they are not physical desktop SolidWorks that many, many of us are used to. It. There's six or eight million of us around the world that use SolidWorks. It is not SolidWorks on the cloud. Instead, the way SolidWorks still works, and SolidWorks got a ton of play throughout the entire conference. I'll get to that in a second. But 3D experience and SolidWorks together you still have your normal desktop SolidWorks. The way it connects to the 3D experience platform is either you have SolidWorks connected, which is a direct tie to the platform, or you get the connector to take your original desktop SolidWorks that you know and love, the same tool that you use day in, day out, and you can now just connect it to the platform and save directly to it. That's fantastic. But SolidWorks got a ton of play. If you watched the general sessions, if you watched many, many, many of the actual sessions themselves, especially anything that was CAD-related, most of it was centered on SolidWorks. They showed a lot of SolidWorks designing going on in the background. Jason Paul was on a couple times, and he talked about SolidWorks, and they, they showed some designs, and they were, they were made in SolidWorks. So SolidWorks is still the future here, and I thought that Suchit did a really cool thing. And I, I don't know if this was so much planned. I mean, I assume it was, because a lot of it, you can kind of see like a teleprompter at different points. But they showed a video of people talking about where they see machines going in the future. In, 20, in 2100, you know, what do they see the future of robotics and automation and designing? And one of the guys came on and said, I see the future being these great machines. And we're going to apply the same general principles, but how they all go together is going to be a little bit different. And we're going to design them all using SolidWorks. And Sutra came on and said, we'll still be designing with SolidWorks in 2100. SolidWorks is still the future. So. To anybody that's ever been concerned, you know, what's going to happen to SolidWorks, I'm concerned. Don't be. It, it sounds very much like Dassault and SolidWorks are still very much still having that as the plan. Continue to use SolidWorks, but now it's just going to integrate more with the 3D experience platform, which does make you wonder a little bit about data management and what's the future of the data management platforms that we have available to us. Right now, we do have the 3D experience platform for data management. We have SolidWorks PDM. We have SolidWorks Manage. Uh, there's Anovia, which can be on-premise, which is more or less the 3D experience platform. It uses Anovia as its data management solution. But if you watched the sessions, if you kept an eye on what was going on with it, you would have noticed that you know five years ago, there were a lot of sessions about SolidWorks PDM. There were far fewer this year. And I talked about that a couple of weeks ago with my dad on the podcast, You know what's going on with SolidWorks PDM. And there's a logical explanation for it. It's that PDM is a very mature product. It's been around since 2006. And even before that, it was Kinesio. So it's not like there's really a ton for it to grow into. Some people might say, well, hey, what about a PLM tool? You know, why don't we expand into PLM? Well, again, Dassault has the 3D experience platform and Anovia. So why would they up its PDM to the point of now it's a full PLM solution when that's just going to compete with the vision going forward? We have to be cloud focused at this point. I, I can't remember if this is an internal conversation I've had with some of our leadership or if it's something that I've actually talked with someone to sell about, or if I've talked about it on the podcast. But the future is the cloud, and really because it has to be. The future has to be on the cloud. 15 years ago, we were all using on-premise machines. I, I have 
an old laptop and it's like, yeah, this is this is fine. But realistically, we weren't using data centers all that much. Like Amazon Web Services was not a giant. Uh, Microsoft Azure, again, not a giant at that point, still were a thing, but not nearly at the scale that they are now. All of these things that we want to do for a global world, we've got companies that are all over the world. I actually just talked earlier this week with a customer that they have users in Australia. And I was talking to the Australian group, as well as the group over in Chicago. We were on a Teams call together. And, you know, 15 years ago, that would have been really hard to imagine that we would all do on a video call. Just easy. Like, yeah, we'll just set up this call. It's, for, it's five o'clock in the evening in Ohio. Yeah, we'll do it that way. Hard to imagine we would have ever been there. But that's how much the world has shifted. We're now in a very remote environment. A lot of us have found, hey, I can design from home. I can work from a local office. I do the same thing. We've kind of found that. We've also seen that organizations are much less regionalized. And now we've got offices all over the United States, all across the world. If we want to do that, how are we going to collaborate? Do we really want to spin up a server in every single office so that everybody can get local files? Maybe not, because there's a cost associated with that. It's also really hard to scale. You know, if I want to add on new users, but they're on the other side of the world, how am I going to get them on board with the CAD package? Well, who's going to buy the licensing? What's the reseller? There's so many different questions. With the 3D experience platform, we get you new licenses and we can flip your user switch. Takes a couple of minutes. Now you're up to speed. You've got your licensing. You can start using it. The future of data management is very much the 3D experience platform. I, I don't see a world where they're going to kill off like Tardis PDM. I don't have any knowledge that they're going to or are not going to. So this is barely me just talking into space. But I, I can't see a world where they get rid of Tardis PDM because it is still a great on-premise solution. If you have a PLM tool, but you just need something to manage your Tardis files, Tardis PDM is still your best-in-class solution. It's still the tool that you should be looking at if you need those advanced data management solutions that you know PDM can offer you. For sure. Definitely take a look at it. I, I don't see any reason to be nervous about the future of PDM. But if you're wondering, you know, what is the tool that in 10 years is going to be the industry standard? I would be looking more at the 3D experience platform than I would solder to PDM. And, and I say that with a lot of confidence that they're going to make this tool. And, and the tool itself is already a really great, great tool. You saw tons and tons of user stories all week. But the future of everything, the tool is going to continue to get better. It's going to continue to improve and the capabilities and the integration with other softwares, it can only get better from here. My next takeaway, and this is a very quick one. I've had Jordan Taddock on the podcast before. I'd like to have him on again here very soon, specifically because I want to ask him about his Bob Ross impression. I don't remember what the name was that he chose, but if you go to about the hour 55 mark of the day one general session, it's on Salt Live 3D Experience World 2022 day one on YouTube. If you go there, you'll see Jordan with a with a Bob Ross afro, and he's designing in CAD in a, in a Bob Ross type style. I laughed for a solid two minutes. It was fantastic. I highly recommend going and checking that out. It was really, really funny. But he also showed just the power of CAD and being able to switch between Etz design and Etz shape. So it wasn't just a humorous thing. It was also very informative. But if you want to laugh, and if you know Jordan, definitely go check it out. That way you can send him a tweet or send him a text and be like, hey, where'd you get that wig from? Back on topic, another thing that got a lot of play at 3D Experience World, and I was pleasantly surprised by this, is sustainability. Not just, you know, we want to use solids to design these things that are not going to be so carbon heavy. Like, we're learning how to be more efficient with our materials. Okay, that's great. But there were multiple conversations with companies that are focused more on saving the world as opposed to making a quick buck. 
there were glowing trees to replace street lamps, which was unbelievably cool. I love the genome. Uh, I love genetics as a, as a field of study. I think it's super, super fascinating. And they're using, I think it's from a jellyfish or a pufferfish or something. They're using some of those genes to make these trees glow to actually replace street lamps. Like imagine that you're walking around and you just see luminescent trees guiding your path instead of street lamps, which take electricity, which emanate heat. Instead, these are trees, which are carbon vacuums as it is. Like that's how they grow. Now we're going to be using trees to guide our way. That's absolutely amazing. There was also rot stacking robots that helped remove CO2 from the atmosphere. And it did more than just stack rots. There was a lot of other things going on. I don't understand all of the nuances of it. It's a really cool project. And they've got these robots that, you know, we need to figure out how to make them carbon negative. So we're using the 3D experience platform to run sustainability studies to find out, okay, how much carbon are we actually emitting using this robot? So then how much do we need to take out of the atmosphere to make this a positive impact on the environment? work on that sustainability. I thought that that was a beautiful touch by Dassault to talk about the future of the world, not so much the tool. Like, yes, the tool is very, very important, but how can we use the platform to make the world a better place? So often we hear these terrible stories about corporations that are out there and they, they don't really care about humanity. They don't care about people. Instead, they're just focused on profits. And yeah, of course, there's some profitability that Dassault is going for here, but to focus so much of the conference on sustainability, they had multiple conversations with customers that do it. I think that that shows a humanitarian side of the whole thing, and as well as what we can do as engineers, the power of these 3D design tools, and especially when they get in the hands of the right people. And that takes me to another thing that I really appreciate about this whole conference was there was a focus on education, and there always is. the the old SolidWorks worlds, it's all about education and there were certifications. Same with 3D Experience World. It's all about educating users and how to get up to speed. One of the things that they're doing, though, is they're opening up this platform for use by more people. And I'm not just talking from a sales perspective or they're trying to sell more licenses, but there were, I think, at least two programs launched specifically for students. There, there was one taken uh, that they announced towards the latter half of the day three general session where a student can get involved and start participating in these challenges, which are, I believe, sustainability-based, and they can get these, the licensing for X-Design and X-Shape and get on the platform, and they can get it for free. Like they don't have to pay for these things. It gets the tool in the hands of our future of designers. I had Heather Haas and Bridie Mills on last year at one point to talk about training the next wave of design automation, those next users. This is that next wave. I've got a brother, he's in college right now, and he's he's the future of designing he's the future of you know what's our world going to be he's that next generation like he's not that much younger than me but his age group is very different than mine we compare our hobbies we are very very different people but it's really cool to see them opening this up and they're trying to get more people to learn these tools and with it being a humanitarian aspect of these are challenges to help the world i think that that is absolutely something that needs to be applauded and it's going to be a great thing as more users get on board. We're going to see the growth of the 3D experience platform and the growth of these design tools because they're easy to use, especially something like Edshape. It's an organic, like, almost like clay on your computer. I think that's a really nice twist, a really nice touch to provide this to these different students and to get them up to speed. Sure, there's a monetary perspective going forward for just so long term, but if they can get these users up to speed now, 
maybe they can come up with these next great ideas so that, you know, in two years, they can be presenting at 3D Experience World and say, here's how I saved the world by using X-Shape, by using X-Design, by using SolidWorks Connected. Maybe we get to see that. Maybe we get the next wave of designers in 20, at SolidWorks World, sorry, 3D Experience World 2024, 2025, talking about how they heard about this when they were students and they've been using it ever since. My final key takeaway from this whole thing is that user groups are still going strong. And I think the biggest evidence of this whole thing was Joe, the Houston user group leader, he got to actually unveil that 3D Experience World, I got to get used to that, 3D Experience World 2023 is going to be in Nashville. So we're going back to where we had our last in-person event. We're going to go back there for 2023. What I thought was actually really funny was John Paolo was talking in the recap show from day three. He said that they actually weren't expecting Joe to show up on campus to reveal that. Like he showed up and they went, oh, okay, I guess we're going to have Joe on. So John Paolo invited him on stage and Joe revealed that, hey, we're going to be back in Nashville next year. But I think that that shows a really great side of this whole SolidWorks community, the community that we've had since SolidWorks World 1999 in Palm Springs to what we have now. We still have our SolidWorks user groups. There's, I think they said 235 user groups worldwide and over 20,000, it might've been 200,000 different members. That's amazing to have all of these different groups and so many different people across the world using SolidWorks. We know that it's like six or 8 million SolidWorks users around the world. That's fairly widely known. But to actually see this community and to see the growth of this community and to still see that this is a really active community. If you actually go back and watch those general sessions, which if you missed any of the conference, you can go back and watch them on YouTube. Just go to SolidWorks YouTube channel. It's out there uh, for day one, day two, and day three. You can check out the chat. And there were, on the last day, there were a lot of discussions about how donuts and sour cream were destroying the, the feed for a couple of minutes. Just that kind of discussion. It's a really close-knit community. It's people that we know each other. We work together. We love sharing ideas. We love getting together. And, you know, God willing, hopefully next year we can all be together. I, I can hopefully meet some of you that listen to the podcast that I haven't met yet. Hopefully we can all get together. We can share ideas and we can be really excited about what's coming in SolidWorks 2024, believe it or not. 2023, there were some actually really cool enhancements, especially for like patterns and things like that. Definitely go check it out. They didn't show off the full software, unfortunately, but a couple of really key features that I'm excited about, some stuff with drawings as well. But next year, we're going to see what's going on in 2024. I imagine we're going to continue to see more of a push towards the platform, more comfort, getting more people involved with it. That's ultimately our goal. That's something that Dassault is trying to do. That's something that we all want to do is plan for the future and be ready for the future. And I think that's what we're on our way to do. So that's all I've got this week. Next week, I've got Derek Lawson on the podcast. It's his first appearance on CADcast. And we're going to talk about the success of projects, kind of what you can do to prepare some of our methodology and what we see works for customers and, and getting them up to speed. And, and this isn't just driver's projects. Like he and I talk about driver's a fair bit. He and I are both driver's gurus. This is something that we absolutely love. But this is about anything. I even mention my how you can utilize this process to help you clean your house more effectively. So definitely check that out. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's going to be a little bit longer of an episode, but certainly check it out. And I guess I will talk to you guys next week. See you.